In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my guardian angel, intercede for me. This evening, as we get a chance to spend a little bit of time with our Lord, and these Wednesday night conversations with you, Lord, are they're following a little bit of a pattern uh, about Antonio. Yeah, I was getting worried. Um, following a little bit of a pattern about what it means to be a disciple of Jesus, right? What is it? What does it look like? And not to give away the playbook, um, but we're just going through the gospel. <laughs> and and that's, that's really, how do we know what it looks like to follow Jesus? How do we know what it looks like to be a disciple of Jesus? Well, it's the gospel. We, we, we just go to the gospel and we, we look at our Lord's life and we watch how he calls us and how he called those early apostles to, to follow him and some of the different scenes. And that just, it, it helps us right along the way. And so tonight we can consider the, the healing of the paralytic. Have we talked about this before? I've talked about it with a lot of different people. The healing of the paralytic. All right. We have? Uh-oh. I've already done this one? Anyway, if I haven't, if I did, then none of you can remember it. So whatever. Um, no. Um, but we are, um, we have this beautiful scene. It's, we're two and a half uh, months into the school year. We're just getting, or two months into the school year, and we're just getting chapter two of Mark's gospel. But uh, we hear that when Jesus returned to Capernaum after some days, it's reported that he was at home, and many were gathered together, so there was no room, not even around the door, and he was preaching the word to them. So Jesus started, he kind of kicked off his ministry in Capernaum, and then he went around and he was teaching in some other areas, along the Galilee, along the lakeside. And here he goes back to Capernaum. Capernaum is like Jesus' home base, right? That is, that's the home base where he's doing his, most of his ministry is happening in that area of Capernaum. That's where Peter and Andrew and James and John probably all lived. That's where Matthew was the tax collector. And so it's all happening right around Capernaum. And so Jesus goes back to Capernaum and he, um, he starts teaching them. And now, you know, there, there's something really cool about what's happening in our Lord's ministry at this point that the... The ministry is growing, right? His, his ministry is really growing. And so people are, are interested. And so he, um, there, many, were, many were gathered together. So there's no more room, not even around the door, right? There's so many people. I just think about like how at the end of our, of our 5F here in the chapel, like there's no room. Our little chapel is too small, <laughs> For the amount of people that come and talk to our Lord at the end of the night. Like, and how great is that, right? Our, our little chapel is too small, so there's not even room. And poor Father Gutierrez is like pushed into a corner in the back there. And I'm in the middle of the hallway. And, and we just don't have room. And like, Lord, this is, this is good, right? More people gathering around our Lord. More people just coming to listen to Jesus. Um, that's what we want. And that's what's happening here in our Lord's ministry. That... There's more and more people. There's not even room, not even around the door. And so what does Jesus do? 
he preaches the word to them. Right? This is what Jesus does. When people come to Jesus, it's not just, it's not about like entertainment. It's not about um, any kind of other stuff. He's not starting a political revolution. He preaches the word. He teaches them. He teaches them about the kingdom of God, right? He teaches them um, any number of things. He may have at this point already been rolling out some of the parables, some of the different teachings, some of the messages. We don't have any of his teachings yet except that one little line, right? The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. It's all we've got so far. But he's teaching them. He's preaching. Um, he's, he's building them up in faith. And so we've got this big crowd. And, and then we get the scene with the paralytic. And they came, right? Who's, who's they? They came bringing a paralytic carried by four men. So these four guys, you can picture the scene even a lot. You know, you can close your eyes and just picture the scene. So what does the house look like? Peter's house probably wasn't much bigger than this room, right? Maybe a little bit better, but his, his whole house, well, first of all, it's, um, it's before there's indoor plumbing, right? So it's not like they had to have a bathroom somewhere, right? It's probably, it's a one room house and that it, it would probably not be much bigger than this little chapel. So this is, this is the size. What that also means when we say there's a big crowd, it doesn't take that much for there to be a big crowd in this little room, right? So we're not talking like, oh, there's like a thousand people around. Like, no, there may have only been um, 20, right? 30, that, that could be a big crowd for a room this small. And so um, there's a crowd, people are there, they're listening to Jesus. I think that just even that reality alone is that we here in our university ministry, we're not the size of some other campuses uh, in the country, right? We're going to go to SEEK and there's going to be some campuses. I was talking to a, a focused missionary from another campus. I'm like, yeah, we had a SEEK kickoff party. It was awesome, right? We had seven people sign up. And I'm like, are you guys going to say, you know, the person at this point is like, yeah. I'm like, cool. Like, how many people do you have? And they're like, we got like 45 so far. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy. <laughs> I'm happy with how many we have going from CCC. It's not about the numbers, right? It's not about how many. But I'm like, oh, we're doing so, like, this is so great. Oh, yeah, we got like 45. That's, you know, we're just getting started. Um, wonder, good for them. Like, you know, in our, in our campus, like, this is good. We don't want to discount, you know, 12, 13 of us. Great. Awesome. Here we are. Gather around Jesus. That's probably what it looked like in Capernaum. Not thousands of people, um, but just th- this group gathered around him. And in this small little room, like, Lord, that's what we, we're gathered around you right now, right? We're here. We're gathered with you in the same rough dimensions, maybe of Peter's house. And you speak to our hearts. You preach the word to our hearts. And these men come, these four men, and they're bringing a paralytic, right? Someone who's a quadriplegic, so probably paralyzed from the neck down. And they're carrying him in a, um, in a stretcher. And we hear that they couldn't get near because of the crowd, right? Even though it may not have been a huge crowd, they couldn't get near to Jesus because there's so many, because there's the people there, the crowd there. And so what do they do? Well, they already had to go get this guy. Now, here's a cool detail about this, right? If we look earlier in the gospel, we hear that Jesus, um, that evening at sundown, they brought to him all 
all who were sick and oppressed by demons. The whole city was gathered at the door and he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons, right? So they already had the big healing night in Capernaum where everyone gets healed. So what, what's this quadriplegic doing, right? This guy who's paralyzed from the neck down, like how's, how's he still, did they miss round one, right? Like maybe the friends, cause they couldn't start working until sundown. And like, maybe the friends fell asleep. Like they're supposed to bring him to Jesus and maybe they fell asleep. Like maybe they missed the opportunity. And I think the first thing we could get from this is first, this is like the eighth thing we're getting from it already so far. But one of the things we could get from this passage is even if we miss our first opportunity, like with Jesus, there's always another chance, right? Even, even if we missed and it's like, oh, the big healing night was last week and I didn't show up. I, I had homework to do. I missed it. Well, it was always, hey, heck, if you didn't sign up for Seek last week, you could sign up tonight. We even have confetti cannons, right? There's another, there's another chance, another opportunity. But like with Jesus, more than, more than even signing up for Seek, with Jesus, there's always another chance. Like there's always, we, we, we never miss it. If we're here right now, that's what's most important, right? There, and, and it could be so easy to say, no, we met, like that was the night. That was the one night. So, buddy, you're going to be paralyzed for the rest of your life. Sorry. Sorry, bro. Right? Like, no, we missed it the first time. We are going. We are getting there this time. We're going. But on account of the crowd, they, they couldn't. They couldn't get him there. They couldn't get into the door. They couldn't get Jesus' attention. And so, you know what? Let's give up. <laughs> That's, uh, they decide, all right, whatever. We're going to go back home. No, that's not what happens. Um, what do they do? Well, here's these four friends, and they're bringing their friend to Jesus, and they are, they are committed that they're going to get him there. And so we hear they go up on the roof. When they couldn't get near him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him, and when they made the opening, they let down the bed on which the paralytic lay. Again, just picturing the scene, that they, they can't get near, and so they get up onto the roof. And they break a hole in the roof and they lower the guy down, their friend. Well, first, um, what does it take for four people carrying a stretcher with a grown man to get up uh, onto the roof, right? Like carrying a stretcher level at first, like, I don't know, move it. If we had to move one of these benches up to the second floor, like even that would be hard enough. Imagine if someone was laying on one of the benches and we're trying to get it up the stairs, right? Don't, don't drop that. It, it's a dangerous thing, right? And so these friends, though, they're so committed because they want to get their friend to Jesus, right? They got to they get him to Jesus. And what's the paralyzed guy think, right? Like if I had to pick, again, four people, maybe just here in the room, to carry me up a flight of stairs while I'm in a stretcher unable to move. I trust some of you, right? Um, I don't know if I trust all of you to actually, like, I don't know if I, I really would trust four of you. They're like, I'm not going to move. You guys carry me up the stairs in a stretcher. Uh, I don't, I don't trust. I trust you. I don't know if I trust you that much, right? So what's the paralytic thinking? Like maybe at one point he was like, 
no, no, we'll, we'll come back tomorrow, right? Like just, and they're like, we missed it the first time. Like we are getting you to Jesus. And he's like, no, 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 dude, guys, it's okay. Like, it's okay. We can come back. So they get up on the roof and there's a roof in between them and Jesus now. So what do we hear they do? They break open the roof, right? They start removing the roof tiles and then they lower him down. Was anyone carrying rope with them? Like, again, when we just picture the scene, imagine, like, just the chaos of the whole thing, but in a lovable way. Like, where it's like, hey, like you, John, go get rope, right? We, we're going to need rope. Cause, and me, again, the paralytic is like, guys, it's really okay. Like, we'll come back tomorrow. And they lower him down in front of Jesus. I think... For us, we can consider this on two different dimensions. The first is we should have that same desire about bringing our friends to Jesus, right? That, that should be from a, a level of apostolate. We should have that same desire to bring our friends to Jesus, right? If, if I'm actually friends with someone, I'm actually friends with them. I actually care about them. And maybe I've like failed in the past to introduce them to Jesus. Maybe I've been a bit of a timid Tammy when it comes to uh, a chance to spread the gospel to them, right? To share the gospel, to introduce, like, it's Wednesday night. What are you doing? I'm gonna go to church. (laughs) Like, (laughs) what? (laughs) Like, no, like it happens though. We do that, right? We just don't, like, yeah. I, I fail. No, you know what would be better to say like, "Hey, I'm 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 going to thing, right? I'm going to go to the the Catholic Center. They have an event. It's social. It's Five uh, F, Food, Fire, Faith, Fun, Friends. Um, Jesus is there. Uh, at that point, they're going to think you're crazy. Um, <laughs> but like, you should come with me. Like, come with me. It'd be great if you came. Um, and and to bring our friends. Actually, I want you to come. I'm going to bother you a little bit, right? You should come. It's not just like I'm going to timidly try to not be awkward about it. Like, actually, I want. I want you to come. I want, I want you to be here. I want you to meet Jesus. I want to get my friends to meet Jesus. Like, that's the goal. Can I get my friends to meet Jesus? I remember a number of years ago, I was um, talking to, to someone who, I think they just like broke up from a long-term relationship or something. And it was a tough, tough thing. And I'm like, oh, I'm not emotionally supportive. Like, I'm not good at this. I was already a seminarian, though. So, so um, this is a girl who's in a relationship, and she broke up, and she's heartbroken. She's crying. Like, it's one of those cries where you're going to use a whole roll of, of, pay, of, t- of toilet paper, just, like, get and getting super dehydrated. And <laughs> I'm like, you know what you need? Let's go to adoration, because you just need to go to Jesus. Like, I can't help that. I'm useless. Um, go to Jesus. Just go to, let's go to adoration, right? And there was an adoration chapel in, the, in Waterbury. And so, you know, uh, went in and just like, you know, don't cry to me. Cry to him. Um, talk to him about it. And that's what, um, that should be actually, that's, that's not just dodging being emotionally supportive. Like, that's good. Like, that's what we want. Go to Jesus. Go talk to him about this. That, that's, that's how we should do apostolate. Get our friends to Jesus. Bring them to Jesus. Don't let anything stop us. Oh, but there's too many people. Yeah, you know, there's too many people. I'll come back and like, no, we'll get right in there, right? Go right up to the front. Hey, there's, there's a seat next to Marilyn, right? Someone comes, there's a seat right here in the front. 
Um, oh, there you, even if there's not a seat, just you can sit right there, sit on the floor over by the by the ambo there. That's great. It's fine. Like too many people in here. Great. That's wonderful. We'll get there. Like we're gonna get right up close. And even if we have to break a hole in the roof, right? And go find rope. Whatever we have to do to problem solve to get someone to Jesus. You don't have a ride to church? Great, I'll pick you up. I don't have, well, I'll, then I'll pay for an Uber, right? I'll Uber to your place and then we're gonna Uber together to get there, right? Um, we'll do whatever we have to do. I don't have money for an Uber and neither do you. Well, I'll ask someone, right? We'll find a way to do it. We'll make it work because that's, instead of just using the first little excuse that happens to say, oh, I guess I don't have to do this. Oh, that, I'm off the hook. Um, no, we're gonna, we're gonna find a way. We're gonna make it work because you need to meet Jesus. Like this is Jesus we're talking about. You need to meet him. And even if we've missed it in the past, we're not gonna miss it now. So that's from the standpoint of being apostolic. But then what about the standpoint of ourselves, right? Are we, do we allow ourselves to be moved in that same way? Because I don't just need my friends to meet Jesus. I need to meet Jesus. It actually is a problem that can happen with priests many times. Is It's all about I'm preaching and I'm preaching and I'm preaching. And it, well, does this actually affect my life? And Jesus, do, do I know you, right? And do I have friendship with you? Archbishop Coyne, in his homily last Monday, used a line from St. Augustine, which is beautiful. And he's, you know, it's really kind of shaping his early days here in Hartford. It's from St. Augustine's letter on pastors. Um, and the line is, with you, I am a Christian. For you, I am a bishop. So first and foremost, with you, I'm a Christian, right? And that's as our bishop. That's with us. He's a Christian. And the way he loosely translates it is like, for my sake, I'm a Christian. Like, I'm, I'm a Christian. I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ. And I, you can never lose sight of that, right? And so what happens with priests that we can get so, like, into just I'm going to preach and I'm preaching and I'm building everyone else up and I'm not refilling my own soul. And we too, like, okay, I want to get my friends to Jesus, but do I recognize, like, I need to be carried too. And there are times when I need to be helped. And I actually, I want, I need to be able to rely on my friends to get me to Jesus too, that I want to be there. And if, even if I'm like, no, you know what? No, no, I don't need to. I don't want to. I'll come back another day. Yeah, I really need to go to confession. Oh, there's a line. <laughs> okay, too bad. I'll, I'll go tomorrow, right? I'll go another day because there's a line for confession. Um, no, like, no, Lord, today, like right now, I want to meet you. And no more excuses. And even if I'm afraid and I'm nervous and I got to let four people I don't trust carry me up a flight of stairs, like, fine, it's worth it. It's all worth it to meet Jesus. And what, again, what is the paralytic thinking as they start breaking open the roof and it's like, wait, we're going to do what? Like, you're going to get me in there. How? Because not only are you carrying me up the flight of stairs, then you're going to tie ropes to my stretcher and lower me down. Like, I don't know if I'm okay with this. Um, but they do. They do. And they, they, get him in, they, get him, they get him to Jesus, right? And here we are. Because the guy is paralyzed. He needs to be healed. And so what does Jesus do? He heals him right away. Okay, great. You came in through the roof. You're going out through the door. No, it actually doesn't work that way. And when Jesus saw... Well, first of all, when Jesus saw the paralytic's faith? No, no. When he saw their faith. When Jesus saw the faith of the friends... He said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. 
Son, your sins are forgiven because he saw the faith of the friends. Again, in our work of being apostolic, Jesus seeing our faith and our love for our friends and wanting to get them to him, seeing our faith, he can work tremendous things in the lives of our friends, even if they're not there themselves right now, even if they're not ready for it right now. Someone doesn't have to be perfect and have everything set to get to church. Like, no, bring them to Jesus. And when Jesus sees the love with which we're trying to get them there, um, he says to them, he works his wonder. Your sins are forgiven. Now, I don't know, because in the whole lead up here, I'm expecting the guy to get healed, right? I'm expecting, and we start with, your sins are forgiven. Well, thanks, Jesus, but I'd like to walk again, right? I'd, I'd like to actually, everyone else, they got like, the blind people are able to see, the deaf people are able to hear, like the people with fevers are better. Someone had COVID and they didn't have to quarantine and it's all fine, right? But I'm, I'm just getting sins. Like, I'm just, my sins, no, I want to walk. <laughs> and... What we see here is um, that for us in particular, right? And when we come to Jesus, the spiritual healing comes first. This, this paralytic got something better than any of those other people got, right? He was healed spiritually. Only God can take away sins. We'll get to that in a second. Only God can take away sins. And in our lives, spiritual healing is better than any other gift we can get. I'm going to go and I'm going to pray because I want an A on an exam that I didn't study for. Well, your sins are forgiven. Yeah, thanks. I really want the A though. <laughs> right? I, I really want to pass this exam. I really want to get this job. I really want to not have this difficulty anymore. Okay, well, all, all healing starts from the inside, starts spiritually. And so Jesus starts with what's most important which is the spiritual healing. And he does that in our own lives. More than any particular gift, more than any grace, more than any favor, is we start with the spiritual healing inside. Your sins are forgiven. Your heart, your heart is made clean. That's what Jesus does for us. And, and if, we, if we would be like, well, actually, but I'd rather the other thing. Well, then we're, then we're asking for something that's way less important, something that's way less necessary. Jesus is offering something that only he can give. Interior spiritual renewal. Son, your sins are forgiven. And some of the scribes were sitting there, St. Mark tells us. And they were questioning in their hearts. Why does this man speak like this? He's blasphemed. That's, that's blasphemy to say your sins are forgiven. Who but God alone can forgive sins? Who but God alone can forgive sins? And that's a great question. Who? Who can forgive sins except God? No one. Only God can forgive sins. Your sins are forgiven. Only God. Jesus heals us in the way that only God can. He gives us the gifts that only God can give us. Your sins are forgiven. That interior, that interior healing. And so Jesus turns to them. And now he talks. Now, here's a cool little detail when we're praying with this and considering the scene. Right, because everyone that was in the room, like this must be chaos. All of a sudden, they're there. And now there's people breaking through the roof. Because if you're in the house, you didn't see the, the guys trying to get around with the stretcher. So if you're in the house, what do you see? All of a sudden, the roof starts breaking open and a man gets lowered down 
And Jesus says, your sins are forgiven, right? Like out of the blue. And then did the scribes say to him, you're blaspheming, who can say, no. We hear they thought it in their hearts. So basically what Jesus says is, your sins are forgiven. Why are you thinking that in your heart, right? Why do you think that? They didn't say anything out loud. So he's not only is he forgiving sins, but he's also reading their minds, um, which again is something only God can do. Why? Why do you question these things in your hearts? Which is, e- what's easier to say? Your sins are forgiven or to say, rise, take up your bed and walk. Which, which one's easier to say? Well, the easier one to say is your sins are forgiven because it's invisible. And so no one's going to know the difference, right? If you say it, no one knows the difference. And so you could say this and whatever, but but that you may know that the son of man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed and go home. And he rose, he got up and immediately he picked up his bed and he walked right out the front door. He walked out before them all. So they were amazed and glorified God saying, we never saw anything like this. Oftentimes the, the physical or the, um, yeah, the physical gifts in our life, the different ways that God's grace manifests itself it is a result of first that interior healing. And so if we, want, if we want changes in our life, it starts interiorly. It starts that we come first to Jesus and that he brings us back into relationship with him. Relationship with Jesus is the starting point for all other things. In my life, I don't like this or that, or I need to work on this or that. I waste five hours a day watching stupid videos on YouTube, and I want to stop that. Well, what's the answer? Interior healing with Jesus first, right? When we put Jesus at the center of attention, when he's our center of gravity, everything else can get fixed when he's first. And so interior healing first. Son, your sins are forgiven. We're put back in right relation with God. Then all the exterior things that we need to be healed of, whatever they may be, all that can happen. It's in fact, it's easier to happen once we're in right relationship with Jesus, once we've restored that, that friendship with him. And so this is something we, we should really consider. And this is something we want not just for ourselves, but we want it for all of our friends. We want it for, for everyone in my life. Everyone that I'm friends with, I want them to come to know Jesus. I want to bring them to Jesus so they too can find him at the center of their life. So the healing that my friend needs, I have a, I have a friend that comes and says, I'm having a tough time with this or that. And it's easy for me to say, well, do this, do that, right? Oh, I, I want to lose weight. Well, let me tell you about the Mediterranean diet, right? Here, it's a great thing, okay? And you should exercise and you should do it. I can tell you all kinds of stuff, even if I don't do it myself. But um, you know what's better? Are you friends with Jesus? Like, let's start there because that's the most important thing. Are you friends with Jesus? Come meet him with me. Come talk to him. Come get a chance to know him. Start there with friendship with Jesus and then everything. Let him take care of everything else. He can do it way better than we can. And so this is, Lord, as we come to tonight, this is our prayer. We should, we should have that, that zeal, that desire to bring our friends to you. And we should see how we ourselves are brought to you, that we come to you. And you can heal us in any number of ways. You can lift us up. 
this is how we start along the path of discipleship. And so maybe as we conclude our prayer, we can each just think of of one or two of our friends, right? Are we are we those good friends? Are we who can I bring closer to Jesus? Who can I who can I invite closer to get to know our Lord? Who who's struggling in my life that I know is having a tough time with something? And can I br- even I don't need to physically even bring them yet. But like just here in this time of prayer, like Jesus, I I'm bringing you in my heart like this person in my life. I'm thinking of someone right now, right? This person who I know is having a tough time. Like when we pray for someone, that's what we do. We come here to Jesus and we can bring in our hearts, our friends, our family members, anyone that's having a tough time right here. We bring them to Jesus and he can work incredible things in their lives. So Lord, as we intercede for those friends of ours, we acknowledge our own need for healing. We thank you for this gift. We thank you for the friends in our lives that have brought us to you at different times and in different ways. And we ask you to inspire in us that zeal so that all of our friends and all people can come to know you and can love you and find the healing that only you can give. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations which you've communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help and put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. Holy Mary, hope seat of wisdom, handmaid of the Lord, pray for us.